Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Hallelujah. We're going to work together for a little bit. It's my honor to be here. Amen. And uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, I just, I just don't think that's all necessary. And Paul Brady, he's just such a wild Irish man. I'm telling you, he's just, that's the way the Irish get on. I'm, I'm actually an American citizen with an Irish accent. Amen. My accent is just north of Tulsa towards Miami. But uh, it's so wonderful to be here with you. Praise the Lord. How many people knows that God is counting on you? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. He is counting on you. I'm going to say it again, he's counting on you, regardless of how you feel about yourself, regardless of how you see yourself. And I have about three tracks here running in the spirit um, <laughs> of all these directions that I can go. Part of my Monday from the Lord is, is to really emphasize to you that regardless of how you feel about yourself or see yourself, God wants to use you. And I know that we, we've come through tremendous decades of very strong personalities, very strong giftings in, in the fivefold ministry, and it's been phenomenal. But the job of that was to grow us, each and every one of us. It wasn't to set ministers on pedestals. The function and equipping and empowering of the church was to come through humble, uh, sold-out, yielded vessels called ministers of the gospel, and it was for the benefit of you and I so that we could do the work of the gospel so that it would not be left to everyone else. And, and I know I got to win the Friday night crowd over so that we'll have a crowd tomorrow night on Saturday night. I understand that. Amen. Or, you know, that's the night we take a rest because Sunday's coming and we've got two services on Sunday also. But I'm just going to be me and make myself at home. If, that, if that's okay. And I'm not here to be someone else. I think that your pastor's doing an outstanding job. Can you put your hands together and bless them tonight? Come on, you can do better than that. I want them encouraged. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that one, three people that stood. You, you get a prize at the end of the night. Hallelujah. Just go see your pastor. He has a crisp hundred dollar bill for each one of you. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Father. We're just so, Father, just yielded to you. And so, Father, I ask you to just do what only you can do. For, Father, I, I believe I have what's on your heart. And to help people see, Father, that it's just not another gift. We're just not looking another gift. But, Father God, you want to use us. You want to use each and every one of us, Father. Not another speaker coming in just to tell everybody what they know. But, Father, we want to know what you have to say. We want to know what heaven is saying, Father. You see this work. You see these precious people that make up this work. This work is not these walls, these four walls, Father. This work is this precious people that you're amassing, that you're bringing together from different parts. And, Father, we make it so much about the building. But yet, Father God, it's about us. It's about your precious people. It's about your body, Father. And we just tonight, Father, lift up this body. 
we just ask you, Father, for, for the revelations and the understandings of steps that are needing to be taken by each and every one of us, Father, our part in this great unfolding of your plan, our part. Father God, having this place close on this property, Father, it's such a glory to your name. It's such a blessing, Father, to come to a place now, Father God, that, Father, it has your name written all over it. To come, Father God, to a place that the church owns, Father. And we give you praise, Father. We give you honor and we give you glory. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. And we give you praise and honor and glory. We magnify you. Hallelujah. He's such a great God. He's such a great God. He's such a great God. Hallelujah. Well, first and foremost tonight, if we can, I want us to go to Judges 6. And I want us just to take a look at something. And you maybe have heard this preached many times. And I know we're all looking for, okay, what's he going to do tonight? And all of those different things. But I'm just simply here to help. That's all. I'm just simply here to help. And, you know, we've got a flourishing work. And we're very, very busy folks. And, you know, we could be in Oklahoma this weekend and all those different things. And there's a lot of people there that, that want to hear their pastor this weekend. And, you know what, but we believe by the orchestration of the Lord that we were supposed to be here this weekend. Amen. So I'm just, I'm going to ask you to make me feel right at home this weekend. And you can do that by your words, by your acknowledgement of something that the Lord says. And amen is a beautiful thing to a preacher. I mean, this, this gentleman here tonight that was leading worship, did you hear how many times he exhorted us to, to say something? You know, jump, shout, do something. He was pleading with all of us to at least move our fingers and our feet. How many people were successful in moving your fingers and your feet? How many people is going to be more successful in the next time he leads worship for us? There is nothing more encouraging to someone that's on a platform for crowd participation. Amen? Why? Because it's not us that's up here just to do what we do. It's us that are amassed together to bring the goodness and the glory of God. Isn't that wonderful? Can you please encourage him tonight with a hand clap and bless him? The rest of the team, we salute you. It's so powerful. All the ministry of helps here at this church. Come on, let's bless them tonight. In the name of Jesus, every single person. I want you to go to a favorite portion of scripture of mine, and it's Judges 6. I could insert myself into this, and this is a story of Gideon, but uh, I didn't get this until today, until uh, I was, I have lots of other things, but, um, but this is where we come. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me and said, this people must know once and for all who they are and what they carry. that this people must know once and for all who they are and what they carry. Because if you don't believe in him or believe in who he has made you to be or believe that you actually carry something, then you actually are going to be blown around by every wind and every single thing that will happen in your life. Instead of being a stake in the ground, becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen. 
and not moved by circumstance and situation. So there is a, there's a moment here that the Spirit of the Lord is wanting this work, which I already said last year, was raised up regionally, not just locally, but regionally in impact. How many people can remember that? Hallelujah. And so there is something that the Spirit of the Lord wants to do this weekend about you knowing once and for all who you are. It's not in self-inflated, egotistical rampage of gifts, you know, believing there's something that they're not. We've had that before. We don't need that now. But it's really to the lay people, to those that, that, that you know, just come to church on Sundays, are part of church on the fringe, who really think that, well, I tithe, I give, you know, I come, I show up, I sing, who really feel like that is their contribution, but you're more than that. And this is for you this weekend, as much as it is for me and for others, that you, that you carry more than what you really understand that you carry. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we give you praise. So let's look at this in Judges 6. I'd like you all to go in your Bibles, at least get your phones out, your iPods, and this all, all look at it together. Because Gideon was not in a good place. There's a lot of people on earth today that are not in a good place. The church is not in a good place. And you, you, you would say, oh, I don't like him saying that. The church is not in a good place. Uh, the church needs to be further down the road. And uh, we are playing catch-up, but I believe we're going to get there pretty quickly. Praise the Lord. And we can get there in this place this weekend. Hallelujah. Now, Judges chapter 6 says this, But the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Who did that? And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, because of Midian, the Israelites made themselves the dens, which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever Israel had sown their seed, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came up against them, and they would encamp against them and destroy the crops as far as Gaza. I want you to write in there someone, there is no devil coming to destroy my crops. I believe that we're living in a time where a lot of people have seen a lot of crops destroyed. Now, I'm not here to speak prophetically, even though this is somewhat prophetic. What I'm trying to speak to you is literal. I believe that we've been living lives at times where we have sown much, but we have yielded little. And we have seen some things opposite to what we have believed take place. There are reasons for these things. Let's read on. I know this is a faith church, and I'm a faith preacher. But please listen to me, because my job is to get you to see something. And then we can run if the Spirit wants us to run. For whenever Israel had sown their seed, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came up against them, they would encamp against them and destroy the crops as far as Gaza and leave no nourishment for Israel. And no ox or sheep or donkey. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and came like locusts for multitude. Both they and their camels could not be counted. 
So they wasted the land as they entered it. I want you to underline that and say there will be no more wasting of the land. My wife shouted out. She agrees with me. I'd like us all to say it right now. There will be no more wasting of the land. Verse 6, and Israel was greatly impoverished. I want you to shout that out. That's not me right there. Because of the Midianites and the Israelites cried to the Lord. I want you to underline that and say that was the best thing that they could have done. And when they cried to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet. And I underline that. This is key. The Lord sent a prophet. Now, I'm putting this together. The Lord directed me to this. Amen. So let's just work with him. The Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites who said to them, now all ears, who said to them, let says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you, look, look what he's doing now. He's bringing the good, the good things. He's telling them what he did for them, right? The, the, this is the prophet who said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you up forth from Egypt, and I brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. Now, what is he doing? He's overturning the cry. Because the cry has been, look what the Midianites and the Amalekites are doing to us. And the Lord brought a prophet and is speaking to them saying, listen, guys, don't be coming to me with the sad story. I was the one who brought you out of Egypt. This was not me who left you. You left me. Oh, God. Now, I might speak in tongues. Don't get weirded out by me. But, uh, uh, but uh, you know, but God is here, right? How many people believe God is here? And if God is here, then we can speak in tongues, right? Because any man that speaketh unto God speaketh in an unknown tongue. So it would be rude if we wouldn't speak in tongues. That's the flip side of everybody else saying, man, you should not speak in tongues when people's around. You need to speak in English so that they understand it. Well, you know, sometimes we have to speak to God. Everybody say, I bind that mischievous devil off him in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, doing okay? So send a prophet. Sometimes we think that God should speak to us in the breakfast room. Before we go to work, at the counter, I want God to speak to me directly. But sometimes God has to get us together as a group of people because he wants us all to hear it and not just one. Because no one person has a premium on the word of the Lord. So he wants us all to hear it. Amen. So I believe that he's amassing us so that we all can hear now, this is not negative tonight. This is very positive. This responds to this, that God hears our cry, right? And he has always something to say to align, realign, and fix so that we can, what? Locate ourselves so that we can locate him. No. Okay. Look at this now. The Lord sent a prophet. Thus says the Lord God, right? Reminded them of what he did. 
And then in verse 10, he says, And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites. Now, I could put in there, fear not the demons of the Amorites. Uh, Jonathan Cannon has just brought out a book, another book, about the gods, about demons, these demon princes that are trying to operate now through people on the earth. We didn't need a book, ladies and gentlemen, to tell us that there are demon gods and demon princes that are looking to destroy America, looking to destroy your house. Remember, amen. Remember, oh me. Remember, open your mouth. Hallelujah. But there are demons out there that want to ravage, rampage, and destroy. He said here, what did he say? I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Underline that, please. Now the angel of the Lord, now, how many people knows this was not just an angel? Interpreted, this is Jehovah. You see that capital A? So interpreted, this is not an angel. This is not a ministering spirit. This is Jehovah. So here we have God entering the scene to speak. Let us listen. And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak terebinth at Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abrazite, and his son Gideon was beating wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord, Jehovah, appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. Imagine God showing up and saying, The Lord is with you. Now, the only way to read this is to read this in its correctness. Because if you think this is just an angel speaking, then it belittles it. But when you realize that this is actually God speaking, sitting there, it changes the dynamics. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. I declare this over your church. The Lord is with you, O mighty people of fearless courage. I know it's exciting. I know we got a sign up. We got the we got everything signed off. We got the building. We've got it. But just having a building and a sign doesn't mean you've arrived. Now I said I'd make myself at home. This is the way I preach. All right, because what we can do now is we can make a decision like every every other church in town that we have arrived because we have a building, a sign, and a front yard. But you're more than a building, a sign in the front yard. <laughs> you're an entity that God is amassing so that he can bring change to a city and to a region. A lot of people, when they get the building, the sign in the yard, and they begin to get a little larger, they begin to settle. I speak it into the DNA of this work that you will never settle. Well, well, you know, praise the Lord. I mean, it's nice. We got, we got everything. I mean, it's not. No, this is when we begin to settle. This is when we begin to infrastructure. This is when we begin to cruise. It was hard work to get it to this stage. No, 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 no. You haven't even begun to work. 
The work is the work is just beginning. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you have a city to take. Shut it out. We have a city to take. You say, but no, that's pastor's job. No, no, that's not pastor's job. That's our job. Come on, how many people have read Romans where it says that we rule as kings in this life? Wave at me right now. Wave, wave. There you are. Praise the Lord. We rule as kings in this life, right? Right? So how many people believe that it's time then for the kings of the church to be revealed? I declare that you've seen nothing nothing yet. What God wants to do through this work in the mighty name of Jesus. Now look at this. He said right up ahead of time before he even discussed anything else with Gideon. He spoke to him how he saw him. I want to ask you a question. How does God see you? This is different than how you see yourself. But how does God see you? Because look how God saw Gideon. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. And then Gideon said to him, oh, sir, if the Lord is with us. Now, here we go, right? If the Lord is with us, why is all this befallen us? And where are the wondrous works which our fathers told us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. This was a lie. They had bought. They had bought a lie. They had accepted, but it was their disobedience that had taken them into the hand. It was the way that they saw themselves. How many people believe it matters how you see yourself? It's not about the next preacher coming in. It's not about pastor getting up here every single Sunday morning and giving it the, 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 the rally, the pep talk. It's about how you see yourself. You know, a lot of times we feel better leaving church. We have to get to the stage that we feel better coming to church. Amen? So he said this, but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us. The Lord turned to him and said, go in this your might. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midian. He didn't enter into this talk. He didn't debate this. They didn't throw it down and have it out right there. God didn't try to defend himself. I'm really a good God. He stuck to the script. You mighty man of fearless courage. Gideon gave him all the reasons why he's in the state he's in. And then the Lord said, look, go in your might and you will save Israel from the hand of the Midian. Have I not sent you? This is God, not an angel. This is Jehovah. Now, this is the highest authority that you can get. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Praise the Lord. Come on, I could sell a mazalki and break a daskarumpetsai a rosa mana. 
so much wider, so much greater and so deeper than what you've ever thought that this would ever be. Not just a little thing, little thing. No, vast and larger, vast and larger than what you've ever ever comprehended within your mind. This is greater, bigger, larger. Shut it out. Greater, bigger, larger. And so he, he says this. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this your might, and you shall save. Have I not sent you? Now look at this in verse 17. This is God that was talking to Gideon. Gideon said to him, capital H, Oh, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, I am, my clan is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Now, he also said then, you went to John 14, 15, and 16, amen, that he would send his spirit to us, and his spirit would never leave us, and his spirit would comfort us, befriend us, and guide us, the spirit being the paraclete, the helper. How many people in this room tonight believe that the Lord is with you? Let me see your hands. Now, you believe it with all your heart. The Lord, how do you know he is? How do you know he's with you? Chris, how do you know he's with you? Hmm? Well, how, how many people believe that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Have you ever seen it written there? Uh, how do you know it's there? All right, by faith. So by faith, the Lord is with us. Do you know that every single person that God used in the Bible started with an experience, not faith? We have turned it around that we all have to start everything by faith and not experience. But yet you go through every single person that God used in Scripture. They all started with experience and experience. They all started with an encounter. How many people in this room is ready for an experience? You're ready for an encounter. There's a lot of people, they're hard on experiences. They're hard on encounters. I'm going as hard after experiences and encounters uh, that, that I can. Why? Because I believe that if God can walk with them in the Old Testament, God can walk with me in the New Testament. And it shouldn't always have to be a faith practice. Well, I just believe, Brother Brady, you know that God is with me. I, I, well, how do you know? I mean, have you felt him recently? Well, you don't need to feel him, Brother, Brother Brady. It's just by faith. Well, well, you know what? God showed up, and, and there was a lot of people in the Bible, even in the Old Testament, that felt him. Amen. I'm telling you, we're so hard on this thing. It's just by faith, Brother Brady. It's just by faith. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, God showed up. Amen. And he made it and made it known that I am here. Now, I'm telling you, you read on here, he's about to show. Oh, stay in English, Paul. Stay in English. He's about to show. Because Gideon goes from in his might to being clothed with the Spirit of the Lord. 
And that's when things begin to shift and begins to change. Amen. He's having an encounter here. He's having an experience. My God, God himself has come and sat to talk to him. Why? Because he needs Gideon to wake up. He needs Gideon to get out of a mentality that he is the least of the least and he is nothing. And how can God use me? I'm nothing. My God, I've had more wrong happen to me than right. I, I, I've had more. I mean, me, I'm, and I'm me. And I, there's a few people sitting in this room tonight that are part of this church. That's sometimes how we think. Why? I haven't seen miracles. I haven't seen wonders. I've heard that God did great things, but I haven't seen them. Where's the God of the miracles? This is exactly for us. Amen? Because he's aligning us. He's, he's wakening us up. He's bringing us into a place that you have to. It is a given. You are not a pauper. You are a prince. You are not the dregs of society. You are the church of Jesus Christ. Pastor Paul, it's just, it doesn't need to be so like, you know, wild. doesn't need to be so like energetic you know I mean I just I just want some worship that we can just kneel and, and just as effortless instead of having this brother you know come on move shake it boom I just I just want a worship leader that just lets me stand there a preacher that just lets me sit here you don't want a preacher that just lets you sit there you want a preacher that comes along with a big old 20-foot stick with a big needle on the end of it, poking you once in a while. How many people have ever had a terrible day of terrible thoughts? Let, let me see your hand. How many people know it wasn't really a great day for you? How many people know that the person beside you had a, a day of terrible thoughts as well? You couldn't deal with your, yours, never mind theirs. But yet, we've been given this power to become the temples of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the temples of the Holy Spirit to do what? To have good meetings. Camp meeting. I'll tell you, I love camp meeting. We're filled with the Holy Ghost to do camp meeting. Nobody likes camp meeting more than I like camp meeting. Roll around the floor, come on, fall out in the Holy Ghost, shaka, 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 go home, ring and wring the sweat out of your shirt. Get up the next morning, you can hardly speak so that you can do it all over again. And he said, God was in the house. Well, how was the experience? How was the encounter? Did things change after it? Did you move back to your house the same? Did everything change? Because I tell you, Things are supposed to change. Shut it out. Things are supposed to change. Come on. Things are about to change. Things are about to change financially, physically, spiritually. Things are about to change. Whoa. All right. Let's go to verse 17. This is, you know, this is what I got from the Lord. Gideon said to him, if not. I have found favor in your sight. This is the way we go on. This is so religious. Well, Lord, if I've really found favor in your sight, this is God that has taken the time to come down and sit beneath the tree to talk to this joker in the words of Shelley Love. And he's still, this is flesh, you see. Tell me, tell me again how good I am. I'm going to come down. 
Right? Tell me again. Tell me again how good I am. It's not good enough that God has told you once. Now, tell me again. Tell me again. And Gideon said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then will you show me a sign? This is, this is not good. This is God talking, and now we're into signs. We're needing a sign, but you know what? We're all the same. How many people have ever asked God for a sign? I know we're great faith people. I know that. But secretly, every one of us has one time said, God, just a little sign. I mean, just a little one. I mean, if someone mentions the, the color blue today, I know it's you. I mean, if he sings, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I know it's you. Look. Then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. Do not leave here, I pray you, until I return to you and bring my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you return. Then Gideon went in and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes and ephah of a flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth in a pot and brought them to him under the oak and presented them. And Jehovah said to him, take the meat and unleavened cakes and lay them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And there flared up fire from the rock. And this was an amazing moment that was going on. Now Gideon is having supper with Jehovah. A meal. I could go off another direction right there. And consumed the meat and the eleven cakes. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. Then let me ask you this question. Did God have a problem of doing this? Let's read on. And when Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built, not a good word. You shall not die. I remember people received that word right now. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah, which belongs to the Abrazites. That night the Lord said to Gideon, Take your father's bull. Now look at this. I want you to circle around 25, please. That night the Lord said to Gideon, Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah, symbol of the goddess Asherah, that is beside it. Now, he's going from, I'm nothing, I'm the least, I'm the poorest, to having an encounter with the Lord. No talk of faith here yet. I'm all into faith. The just shall live by, but listen to this, based on this, now he's being asked to what? Tear down the altars of Baal that the fathers of the city 
erected. Now, this is not bad. For someone a little bit ago, You are more than what you think you are. God can change you in a second. And you can go from having a, a limited mindset to a mindset that is completely blown wide open and ready for anything. You can go from Friday and doing nothing into Saturday now with things that you can hardly deal with that needs to be done. I believe we're in days that things want to shift so quickly, ladies and gentlemen, that you can go from doing this one day to this doing this the next day. Why? Because God needs us now to work with Him and needs us now to walk in the obedience with Him in the name of Jesus. Regardless of how you see yourself, we must begin to see yourselves as how God has seen us. This is not arrogance. This is the blessing of God. This is the goodness of God. And if now you and me and I and us begin to see each other the way that God has created us to be, that's why I always say, I am becoming what I have already been created to be. Every step that I take, I'm going in the right direction, in the path and the plan that God has that grows brighter and brighter along that path, Proverbs 8 tells me. Amen. When I sit in darkness, even if I don't know, the Lord is my light. Come on, how many people believe the best is right up ahead? But it's not someone else that's going to produce the best. You are going to produce the best. God has got a word for you. God has got a plan for you. God has got a plan for all of us. We all are part of the plan. Amen. Come on, Paul talks about it as a supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Each one of us are a part. Each one of us has a part. Each one of us brings a part. Each one of us comes fitly joined together so that we can be more than an attender of church but now we are a participator in the body and I'm, I'm working hard tonight shut it out I'm part of the body I know you've got your business. I know that you've got your job. I know that you're out there. You're farming. You're doing all of these different things. Amen. But even though you're an individual and you're doing your thing with your own family, you are part of a greater work. You are part of a great thing. You are part of a greater plan. You are receiving a revelation from heaven. Amen. Of what your part is. You know, miracles and signs and wonders are not supposed to be just happening at the altar of the church. They're meant to be happening every day, everywhere that we go. Walmart, come on. Everywhere that you go, everywhere in your business, people coming in. Amen. Signs, wonders, and miracles are supposed to be happening there. We're not supposed to have to call pastor. Thank you. Yes. We got one more. I think I'm getting through. We're not getting woes. Maybe woe is to stop, is it? <laughs> yeah. How much time do I have? Tell me when to stop. Just wait about me and say we're done for tonight. <laughs> I'm good with it. I, I, it doesn't bother me. Look what, he, look what he did here. That night the Lord said to Gideon, verse 25, Take your father's bull, the second bull, 70 years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, that your father has cut down and the Asherah, symbol of the goddess Asherah. He was about to deal with these demon princes. This was his first assignment. Oh, that's good. Woo, that's good. 
How many people would like your first assignment was to deal with the devils of the city? This is what it did. This is what it is. We want to grow a nice business. We want to, we want to grow a good church. But yeah, in God's plan, it is you got to know who you are and deal with the devils. And when you deal with the devils, the rest will be easy. But we want to build our thing and leave the devils alone. We want to leave the altars of the past, the altars of the fathers in place. But yeah, God's plan is, first and foremost, take out, take out the demon princes that preside over the city. Oh, Pastor Paul, you can't pull them down. I'm not talking about you pulling them down. They have their time. Principalities and powers have their time. We're not supposed to be pulling things down. We're seated far above all principalities and powers. It's, it's, not, it's not for us to pull down. That, that, you're telling them that they're over you. When you have to tell devils to, to come down, then, then you're saying that they're above you. But when you remind them that you're seated far above them, I'll try this section here. When, when you're reminding them that, come on, that you're seated far above them, far above all principalities, don't, don't get nervous, far above all principalities and power. I'm really a nice guy. But what I'm trying to do is to get you so that you can rise up tomorrow morning and take authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stop doing your devotions, just your devotions. You know, I'm just spending time with the Lord. I'm me and Jesus. Another pot of coffee. And I'm just having a good time with Jesus in the morning. No, I'm telling you, after you've said good morning, Jesus, get up and take authority. Amen. Take authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. And just while I'm just, my God, I read, I tell you, I read, I read the whole way through the book of Jude. Oh, that won't take you long. I'm telling you this morning, I went through the whole book of Jude. You have to do more. Then just say good morning, Jesus, and read your Bible. You have to get up and, and remain, remind the devil that you are the one that has the victory. You are the one that has the victory. You are the one that's going to have a great day. You are the one that's got life in you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Called Zoe life. Well, I was just having a great time with Jesus, me and Jesus. Sam, Pastor, that sounds so irreligious. Yes, absolutely. Thank God it does. Because religion has taken people to lives of hell. And you can't understand why your life's not getting any better. I'm telling you, you're just having such a wonderful time with you and Jesus. And, and it's just so wonderful, you and Jesus. And you can't understand why your life is still the way it is after all these years. And you watch everybody else get what they're getting. And you still, and you're so in love with Jesus. I just love him so much. And we can even cry. I love him so much. And our lives are so destroyed. And we got to go to the doctor. We're strung out in medications. We, we have to go here. And we got to go to this specialist and another specialist and another specialist. And, and, and you could quote me the whole book of Isaiah. Because of your wonderful time with the Lord in the mornings. Amen. I tell you, it'll all change. When you take the altars down that former generations have set up called religion. And I'll tell you what will hold this city captive is religion. Don't be looking to the pubs and the clubs. No, it's the churches. 
It's the churches. Don't be looking to the bars and the whorehouses. It's the churches. That's what holds religion. Satan is the king of religion. He's the prince of that. He wants systems and institutions and he wants people boxed and, and just told, don't rock the boat, don't rock the boat. You know, just spend time, just don't just you know, don't talk about the devil. Why are you talking about the devil so much? If you ever hear anybody speak like God, you gotta run from run from them. The people that don't want you to talk about the devil. I just talk about Jesus all the time. Well, praise the Lord, look at your life. I was 14 years in anti-terrorism. Do you know that most of my briefings were not about how good the queen was? Now she's in heaven. This was in the United Kingdom. It was not about how good our government was. They told us our powers for the job that we were doing. I didn't carry all the law around in my head, but I knew the ones that was effective for that job. Right? And I went out there. Do you know what they spent most of the briefing time on? The tactics of the enemy. They equipped us and empowered us with what the enemy could do today. And this is what you can do to take them out. They gave us our powers. In other words, they give us, you know, 52, you know, A, one, all of those different things. They gave us that. And that's like us coming with the scripture that we can stand on and say, not today, devil, in the name of Jesus. So you can have a wonderful time with Jesus, but you've got to bind the devil. <laughs> you've got to take authority over the devil. When you're coming to a meeting like this, you've got to bind the devil in the name of Jesus. Why? Because the last thing we need this weekend is just to be the same by the time that we leave. God did not set these meetings up so that we could be the same. He set them up so that we could change. I want you to shout it out. Power is coming to Valdosta. I believe this with all my heart. You are not becoming a number here. You are not just becoming. God is not raising you up so that you are an alternative. I know this is hard for some people. You know, it's like, my God, I'm, well, I tell you, I might just wait until Sunday to come back, Brother Brady. You know, it's going to take me two days to digest this. No, 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 no. Now we got you started. We got to get you purring like a kitten, praise the Lord. Amen. And we got to get you in here tomorrow night again so that we can, so that we can keep you purring. Amen. Tonight, we're just pulling the ripcord, you know. But by Sunday morning, maybe we'll get her going, you know. Shout it out, I believe. I believe. Come on, everybody say it. I believe. How many people believe that God has a great plan for your life? Wave at me right now. How many people believe that it's coming to pass quickly? Why? Why? I want you to lift your hand and say, I'm ready for an encounter. How many people seriously are ready for an encounter? Well, you know, Gideon wasn't pleading for an encounter. But he got it. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God's about to show up in your room. You're looking at a man. I'm telling you, I have had serious encounters over this last uh, number of years that I have walked with the Lord. Serious encounters with the Lord. Some things that I have never talked about. And don't even need to talk about them. But God wants to come 
to each and every single one of us. And we don't always have to live our lives always with God in faith. I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're there. By faith, I know you're there. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know you're there. There has to be something tangible. How many people have ever sensed the presence of the Lord on that? How many people know that that happens when you're not in church? That happens when you're driving your truck. That happens when you're driving your car. That happens when you're just having a moment with the Lord. And the next thing you know, you sense his presence descend upon you. And you're thinking, my Lord, what is this about? Gideon went from saying, I am the weakest and the poorest, useless me, to having, hearing the prophet, now sitting with God, now God's baking cakes and doing all sorts of things. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a show for Food Network right there. That's right. God baking cakes for you. And he goes from weak-minded, where's all the wonders, where's all the signs, where's God? To my God, said, Gideon, this is what you weren't getting. You're about to produce God. You're about to produce God. Thank you, Lord. I have come as an answer to the prayer. Not me. I'm talking scripture. God, Jehovah. <laughs> to Gideon. The prophet spoke. God showed up. I'll say that again. The prophet spoke. God showed up. God showed up to speak to an individual who had no Self-belief. No matter how you find yourself insecure and inferior, God still wants to use you. No matter how you see yourself. You remember, they couldn't enter into the promised land. Why? Not because God hadn't given it to them. Why? Because how they saw themselves. So God started to work on how Gideon saw himself. And he brought himself as an encounter and as an experience. He didn't sit down with Gideon and say, now Gideon, you're going to have to build your faith here, brother. You're going to have to build your faith. I hope this is okay, Pastor. But I tell you, I was walking through my sunroom one day. This was years and years and years ago. And I'm telling you, I was the best word quoter you ever, ever could have met, and I still am. And I was going through my sunroom quoting the word, and I heard the word of the Lord come to me and said, I couldn't move even if I wanted to. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? Forgive me. What do you, what do you mean? He says, you, you don't even give me a chance. You've got me so boxed to the word. You've got me so boxed to confession. He says, you know, I couldn't move by my spirit. The gifts of the spirit. The gift of faith. And Paul Brady, you think that you got to quote it and declare it so that you can see it? I said, Lord, I repent. And from that moment, I started to see shifts. 
and change it. I didn't stop for glory. I didn't stop. I just refused it to become a box. God can move. Just let him move. God can do what he needs to do when he needs to do it. Isn't it an amazing thing that gold and frankincense and myrrh showed up to Jesus? Possibly at the age of two. I don't think Jesus confessed that gold into being. How many people knows that those wise men were on the way to the right place at the right time, regardless of what Jesus did? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, this thing's a setup in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout it out again. It's a setup. We get up in the day. We're like, come on. We're, we don't feel too good, but now we're taking authority. We've had our time with Jesus. Now we're taking authority. Right? We've become, right? We've had an encounter. We've had a moment. We've heard the prophet speak. Now we've had God sit beneath the tree and bake us bread. He's told us wonderful things. And now he's telling me, go there. Just, just give me a sh- short, short little time. Now he's telling me that I have to go and take the altars down in the city. Wait a minute. This is moving too fast. I have to think about this. Now I have to go and take the altars of the fathers down in the city. In other words, I have to deal with devils. Because until I deal with the devils, we're not moving forward. I speak this over you tonight in the name of Jesus. That every spirit that hounds you stops you and confronts you, bows before you. In the name of Jesus, my brother, would you come and play, please? Lift your hands all over this room. I said this was a strange message for the first night. Now, this is a powerful message. Because as we move through these meetings, you're going to start to feel yourself getting freer and freer and freer. Freer and freer and freer. I believe that we need to work by faith, live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But we also have to make room for the supernatural operations of God that want to show up and operate, and we had nothing to do with them. God was looking for someone to cry out to him. Now they had a people that was crying out to him. Something has to change. The Midianites and the Amalekites are coming and they're taking all this seed. They're destroying it. They're destroying, destroying our crops. We've no harvest. And now a generation is rising and saying, you know what? We're not going to let this happen anymore. We're crying on to God so that God will intervene. And now God is intervening in the name of Jesus. That's why I believe in what God wants to do here in Valdosta. I believe that God wants to supernaturally do something in Georgia. If you believe that, shout amen. I believe it with all my heart. But you can't do it just with fancy words of another preacher. Georgia's full of great preachers. It's full of great churches. But I'm telling you what Georgia needs is armies that will rise up in the name of Jesus that are not afraid of the enemy. And they have moved from looking at 
like they're a little bit lower, a little bit less. You know, we're just out here, you know, in the middle of peach world. What can we do? Our church is not that big. You know what? This is not about the size numerically of this church. This is about the size of the plan of God that you are supposed to do in this church and why God is raising you up. Oh, and why we're doing these meetings this week. You can sit there and say, I don't know who he was talking to tonight. It wasn't for me, but it is for you. It's for every single one of us because God wants to move us forward and he wants to bring us higher. A few weeks ago, we're driving back from Pahaska. And we just, you know, we put on just a, a worship leader that, that we just love. It's just fun. And he just had this song, you know, no more chickens in the chicken coop. No more eagles in the chicken coop. And I'm telling you, we're just, we turned it up full blast and we're just singing it at the top of our voices. No more eagles in the chicken. And we got to laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Why? Because God needs us to rise. God needs us to come up higher. Can I ask you, have you been, what have you been looking at recently? What have you been staring at recently? What has been staring you down recently? Amen. It could be physically. It could be relationally. It could be what? Financially. Anybody in this room need more finances? Sure, every single one of us need It wants to mock you because you need more. Your bills want to speak to you and say, you, can, you don't have enough to buy. Look at this. You have to take out a note for that. Look at this. You have to take out a loan for that. In the name of Jesus, we're coming up. Shut it out. We're coming up. But we have to deal with the devil. Immediately, we say to ourselves, God is with me. God is here. I know this is him. I don't believe that God had an issue with the sign. God will work with us at any level we're at. He'll work with us at any level we're at. Why? Because he wants us to accomplish what it is that he has set his hand upon us to do. Pray with me in the spirit all over this room. Please, just, just for a few moments, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I pray that every one of us speaks with other tongues. Because the day that we're living in, ladies and gentlemen, is this. That you either get the authority over the enemy or the enemy automatically has the authority over you. You cannot live as a believer and knowing that the devil is just hounding you, just, just, just hounding you and torturing you and tormenting you. No, I refuse it in the name of Jesus. You know, God's showing up, the prophet's showing up, and you're telling them that you're weak and you're this and you're that, and you can't do this and you can't do that. No, it changes tonight in the name of Jesus. Things begin to rise tonight. You stop looking like you're a chicken. You stop looking at the dirt and pecking the dirt and pecking and looking at the barnyard and you begin to rise higher. You begin to mind up. You begin to see further. Amen. See further than the four walls of this church. I know it's phenomenal. It's powerful. Now we got a building. Now we got the land. We've got a sign. But I'm telling you, God is interested in you. You are the body. You are the body that God is wanting to work in and work through. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice. This is so powerful. 
and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this stronghold with stones laid in proper order. Then take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the Asherah. In other words, we're not leaving anything left of these idols to demon gods. Nothing left. In verse 27, it says this, Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, no matter when you get to do this, get it done. We're not looking for people to see us. We're just looking to be obedient to the plan and the purpose of God. How many people believe that your house is going to live for a very long time? Wave at me right now. How many people believe that your family is going to live a long time with no cancer? Let me see your hands right now. Come on, shut it up. My home is a cancer-free home. Come on. How many people believe that your latter days are going to be more wealthy than what you've ever believed? Come on, Valdosta. Come on. Anchor Faith Church, come on. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that the greatest days are right up ahead of you? Do you believe that the best is yet to come? Do you believe that the glory days are manifesting? Do you believe that right here in Valdosta, God could rise up a move of His Spirit? Do you believe that God can bring people from all over the country and all over the world to a place called Valdosta, Georgia? Do you believe that? I believe it with all my heart. You can't let a visiting preacher believe it more than what you believe it. I see this building too small. I told you last year. I see it too small. It is too small already. God wants to do a miraculous work. He wants to do a work that will be exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that you could ever ask or think. Shut it out. I'm unstoppable. Oh, let me hear you tonight. I am unstoppable. Come on, one more time. I am unstoppable. Come on, touch your body and say, I am the healed of the Lord. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. Ah! Then Gideon took ten men in the night. He hadn't even talked to his father about it. He didn't go to his friends and say, what do y'all think? I believe God said this. You know how we do today in the charismatic world? We call a friend, we call someone, what do you think? I think the Lord's telling me this. He sat with God. Do you know something changes in a man or a woman that has sat with God? They don't wander anymore. They don't need someone else to say anything else. Yes, I believe in wisdom and I believe in the counsel of multitude. I believe in all of those different things. But when a person has literally sat with God, something begins to change in them. You come away from being with God differently to what you were 10 minutes before. And I believe that we are fixing for this. And I believe that something is happening within us that we are about to be changed as the body of Christ because God is about to sit with some of us. And he did it. 
He took down the idols with those 10 men. And I'm sure those 10 men were kind of like, chop, chop. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down and the Asherah was cut down that was beside it. And the second bull was offered on the altar which had been built. And they said to one another, who has done this thing? The last person in this world that they were expecting to do this was who? Gideon. Who has done this? And when they searched and asked, they were told, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. And then the man of the city commanded Joash, bring out your son that he may die. For he pulled down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. But listen to a good godly father. Joash says this, this is Gideon's dad. Thank God for godly fathers. Joash said to all who stood against him, well, you contend for Baal? Or will you save him? He who will contend for Baal, let him be put to death while it is still morning. If Baal is God, let him contend for himself because one has pulled down his altar. In other words, let Baal kill him. Because I'm not. This is amazing. Therefore, on that day, he called Gideon Jerubal. Meaning, let Baal contend against him because he had pulled down the altars. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together and crossing the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself and took possession of him. And he blew a trumpet and the clan of Ebezer was gathered to him. Now everything had changed. It went from the prophet to God sitting under a tree to words being spoken, cakes being baked. Now Gideon having to face himself. And the first thing God asked Gideon to do is to deal with the Baalic altars, to deal with the demon God, to deal with the thing that's holding this thing to ransom. Take a dive and build me an altar. Gideon, he's went from the fearful, he's went from the intimidated. Can you all still hear me? That's my first strike. It went from the least. And now he's going knee knocking into the city. But he's got 10 guys. He's got 10 guys. He's just got 10 guys. Said, guys, I don't even know what I'm doing. All I can tell you is that it's went from a prophet to God to baking me cakes and now I'm taking down altars. What can I say, guys? But just come on, let's just do it. So he took the people that worked with him. Before they were known that they were taken down and altered to demons. In the morning, the fathers of the city were mad. They were going to have the father of Gideon slay his own son to appease this. And Joash said, 
If Baal wants to kill him, run ahead. And Gideon stayed alive. And he went from doing all of that in his own might. Remember that? Go in your own might and do this. Tonight, after this, being clothed by the Spirit of the Lord. So what he did prior to the clothing was amazing. It was an act that I trust God even in my flesh. I trust God even in my own strength to make the difference. And now he stepped through that door of being found faithful and is now clothed with the Spirit from on high. Everybody stand to your feet with me right now all over this room. I know I've kept you long. It's two hours on a Friday night. But if we were in the world, we'd just be gearing up right now, right? We'd be looking for a good pub to go. We'd be looking for a good club to go to. Amen. It's still early on a Friday night. We'd be looking just to ramp it up. We'd actually been having a few tuples, you know, in the house before we go, just to get ourselves ready so we didn't have to spend too much down the pub, right? We'd already be lit by the time we get there. We know how it works. I'm from Ireland, ladies and gentlemen. I know how it works. But you see, in church, here we come two hours, and it's like, come on, Pastor Paul, suppers. Do you know this church has went to great lengths and great expense this week? Bringing us in, putting us in a hotel. I can't come out here and just preach you just a little message. I got to tell you what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I sense that this work, Pray with me in the spirit. I sense that this work, these pastors, I sense that you're positioned. I sense that you're, you're, you're poised. I believe that you're about to turn a huge corner. I believe that this is not just words of just pep talk. If, if you know me for being what I am, you know that I am not a pep talker. I'm a straight shooter. I believe that you were poised for an almighty. And I believe that there is more for you than there is against you. And I believe that there is a wind that is catching you in your sails and is about to blow. And this wind is called the works of prayer. And I believe that this church is about to go to a place in prayer that you have never went collectively or corporately before. And I believe that God is moving. And he is a because he wants to visit he wants you to experience and he wants you to encounter he does not want you to always by faith by faith by faith by faith he wants you to be in the experiences and in the encountering of what it is that God dwells with man that God actually has clothed us and God lives within us that he the residence of the Holy Spirit abides within us 
But if the Spirit truly lives within us, then there has to be evidence of His residence. On Tuesday afternoon, someone texted me. Everybody, we have prayer on Tuesday nights, Tuesday afternoon. A brother on our worship team texted us and said, Pastor, my wife has, for several weeks now, has been with debilitating back pain. Young girl, young lady. Must be in her late 20s. Beautiful family. And I said, well, I'm not having this. I want you to say that with me. I'm not having this. Just touch your body right now. I'm not having whatever sickness is trying to be on my body. Oh, I sense the anointing. And I said, can you get her to church? And I said, well, I don't know if I can get her to church because she's been so in agony today. She's having to rest. I said, do what you can. Get her to church. He texts me a little bit and says, we will be there. Spirit of God was moving in our prayer service. It's just not a normal prayer meeting. Spirit of God was moving in our prayer service, and I had the unction. I said, Whitney might come here. I'm telling you, Spirit, you see the way that you see me pray just now? Those sounds, those utterances. That's Romans 8, 26. That you don't know how to pray worthily as you ought, but the Spirit comes to your aid and helps you pray. How with yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. You say, Pastor, I, not everybody can handle this type of thing. Oh no, but they can handle cancer. They can they can handle they can handle you know divorce. They can handle destruction. They can handle you know being being murdered. Right, the world that world can, everybody can handle that more that they can handle the operations of the Spirit. This thing has to turn around. God wants to move and we have to let him move because people are staying sick because we can't pray the way we're supposed to pray. When Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus, when the little shortest verse of the Bible, Jesus wept, he wasn't weeping because he was emotionally destroyed because of Lazarus. He stood there as the resurrection from the dead. Lazarus was about to come. Then why would he cry? The tears were intercessions. It said that he groaned within him. The operations of the Spirit were at work. The resurrection of, of Lazarus Ruska, the Devoshtalana, he was about to come back to life. And Jesus was working the ways of the Spirit to get Lazarus from being dead back to life again. So Jesus just didn't walk up there and touch the rock and say, come on, Lazarus. That'll do you. You've been lying down too long and you're stinking. Come on out of there. So he worked the ways of prayer, worked the ways of the spirit. And Jesus stood there drenched with his own tears. And then with a loud voice, he shouted, Lazarus! He didn't do the shout before the work of prayer. That's what the church is doing. We're shouting because the preacher's telling us to shout. But then there's a shout that wants to come from the works of prayer. And then it's over. The dead come back to life. I was so infuriated that the enemy had hit this lady. I called her to the front. I said, we're not having this. 
I prayed for her, believed with her, stood. I could sense that I moved on to something else and I had a couple of people in our team pray for her. I said, go over there and pray for her. And the yearnings and the, the sounds of the Spirit came. Whatever was on her, ladies and gentlemen, got off her. I got a text the next day and says, Pastor, she is free. Huh? Uh, some of you didn't hear that because some of you didn't clap. I, I says, I got, a, I got a text to tell me that she was free. Give the Lord praise. Come on, give the Lord some praise. And he said this, I got my wife back. Now, I know we're not applauding God. I understand that. But I tell you, there's a time when I tell you, you have to make some noise because sounds begin to disturb things. So I'm not telling you to clap like you're at a ball game, but I'm telling you to enter into spiritual processes and spiritual workings. And if we had time tonight, I'm telling you, there are things in this room that you've been dealing with. I tell you, we can get them off you. In the Amen. Not just because, you know what? Some preachers waving their wand, you know, saying, you're free, you're free, you're free. No, because of the processes of prayer and because of the operations, you're blessed to be in a church that teaches the word. You're blessed to be in a church that gives you this type of stability and foundations and formations. You are blessed to have pastors that over look after you and work with you so that you have this stability. Amen. And I'm telling you, they want this. They want the move of the Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that in the, there would be the move of the Word, then there would be the move of the Spirit. And then before Jesus would come, there would be the Word of the move and the Spirit together. And what a lot of people in America leave out is that it said, these did say that it would happen in England first. And then it would sweep the world. But wherever it starts, ladies and gentlemen, that's not the big deal to me. As long as it started in me. As long as I'm operating with the word and spirit. As long as I'm operating by the ways of the spirit. You get yourself in a place of prayer. Oh, I'm telling you. Some people are like, oh, I don't even speak in tongues, Pastor. Give me a break. But I'm telling you, you start off in tongues and you start working with God and God sits with you. I sat up a mountain, ladies and gentlemen, for hours and hours every day. Hours and hours with God every day. I didn't get this out of a book. I didn't get this out of somebody's book that they wrote. I didn't get this out of somebody's recording. I'm telling you, God worked with me and moved with me. And I came down to Karn and we were so moved by the Spirit of God that we said, God, we need to hear some scripture. We need you to get us some teaching on this. And supernaturally, God got in my hand a teaching by Brother Kenneth e. Hegan on intercessions, tongues, and interpretation. And on there was everything that was happening to Karn and myself. And I said, my God, there is verse for verse for verse for verse for verse. And it was the Spirit who taught us these things. Oh, God, if you will align the Spirit, He will teach you. He will show you. He will draw you. He will invite you. He will bring you into a place that you never thought that you could ever have. Way beyond your devotions. Way beyond your moment with the Lord. That you have reading your verses and reading your scriptures. And do 
you in your declarations. There is a place that waits for each and every one of us. Can you just lift your hands and, and just pray with me tonight? Come on. There's a place for every single one of us. It's so beautiful, brother. Under cross, you've got a great touch of God upon your life. The only way to do this, and it's my great honor if I can teach you some more this weekend. My son, my middle son, my oldest son's in heaven. I have a middle son and a beautiful daughter. When my sons were young and even with Jeremiah, I would pull them in under me and I would pray. I know we got to go home. I would pull them in and I would pray like this, what you were seeing tonight. And I would pray the travail of the Lord would come upon me. And I would pray into them. I'd pray the spirit into them. There's so much that still has to be awakened with Jeremiah. But today, my son, 26 years old, when I hear him pray, he makes my prayers look like they're kindergarten. He goes to a place in prayer. And you know what the fun thing is about this? He doesn't even know what it is that he got. All he knows is that at the drop of a hat, he can go there every single time. Children's Church is out. I'm going to hand this back to Pastor. Forgive me if I took too long. But all I know is I sense the quickening of the Spirit. And I so desperately this weekend want to see at least 10 people get around Pastor. Not just, not just saying, yes, we can do it, Pastor. But they come not asking questions not trying to debate it, not trying to discuss it. See, I've got people like that. I've got good people. I know everybody wants to give their pennies worth, but I still have good people in my life that, you know what, they're never going to discuss it. It's just, let's do it. I could call upon them in a heartbeat. I believe that things are shifting. I've sensed it. I've sensed it. I've sensed the corosa salatayu. And I sense over this weekend the enlargement, the increase, and the knowing of some things that the Lord so wants to say so that it can be done in Jesus' precious name. Let's just worship Him. We worship you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.